about some stuff that to some people might be confusing or scary. Uh, it's not. Um, CBRS, um, cloud native, um, LTE, LTE, 5G, these terms get thrown around quite a bit in our content. Um, some of you may get it 100%, but if you don't, that's what we're here for at Slice of Salona to break it down. So the guy who's going to break it down for you today is Ozer. Ozer, if you wouldn't mind jumping into CBRS, is it scary? Is it overwhelming? Is it something that uh, anyone could understand? And let's get into that first. Yeah, hello everybody. Welcome to episode three. Glad to be here, still reporting from the garage. <laughs> I seem to lock myself into this room. Um, for more than eight hours a day, which is which can be good and bad at the same time. Anyhow, um, same garage, different background, uh, but pretty much, again, similar topic, CBRS. And uh, I figured I just kind of double click on the uh, public perception of CBRS as of up until this point. And when I say public perception, I mean our circles, right? Enterprise IT audience and networking professionals and people who are working in service providers, managed services partners and channel partners, et cetera, who are kind of passionate about wireless networking and enterprise networking in general. We look at this thing and many of us could feel intimidated because you look at, you know, papers written about CBRS, there's a five page summary and there's a 50 page detail paper and there's standard talk, um, standard bodies that present a bunch of talk and there's 100 plus use cases thrown around. And in practice, honestly, an enterprise IT professional shouldn't really care much about it more than they do on, let's say, 2.4 gigahertz spectrum for Wi-Fi. I mean, when was the last time you deployed a Wi-Fi access point and thought to yourself, oh, you know, I should really learn the operational principles of the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum. You never think about that. So CBRS is nothing different. Yes, it's new. For those of us tech geeks, it's very exciting. But in practice, for you, if you're an enterprise customer, a channel partner serving your customers, it's not really anything else but just free spectrum, clean spectrum uh, for our Salona access points to provide cellular wireless connectivity. You have a device from Zebra, Apple, Samsung, Sierra, Cradlepoint. And then you can connect that device to our network, to our LTE 5G wireless access points using the CBRS spectrum. That's the kind of the road that is paved. You don't need to learn all the intricacies of how the spectrum works and different rules and regulations. It's our job to take care of that complexity. And I think the industry as a whole between device manufacturers and infrastructure providers and the standard bodies. We just like to talk about it so much in technical lingo that I think we're doing ourselves a disservice. People just wanna to get to you start using, right? So, and that's what you can do right away. You just need access to a CBRS capable infrastructure like Salona's and you can deploy it just like you're deploying any other enterprise networking system and start managing it uh, like you do it with those systems and integrated part of your enterprise infrastructure. And that's all there is to it. As much as you wanna know about Wi-Fi spectrum, you should probably know about CVRS spectrum, but nothing, nothing more than that. 
Okay, well, a moment ago, you just mentioned something that is a nice segue, uh, and it was around LTE and 5G. Now, traditionally, and including myself when I joined Solona, um, I associated LTE and 5G with operators, with my mobile phone, my, my cell phone, and the operators that uh, provide that to me, that service to me. Is this, is this the same thing, or is this different? I mean, many out there might want to know that. Yeah. I mean, cellular wireless have been tucked away in the service provider networks for a long time, right? If you wanted to release an LTE 5G capable device, you get certified by FCC and you get heavily tested um, by service providers because the device is supposed to operate in these license spectrum. So a service provider comes to FCC and say, I want to pay X amount of dollars to license this piece of the spectrum because I'm going to run cellular wireless technology on it. I maintain the radios, cabling to those radios, backbone infrastructure, data centers, mobile core software, hardware that supports those radios live in the service provider data centers. So it's kind of got tucked away, right? Because cellular wireless technology has always been associated with a licensed spectrum, a spectrum that somebody paid tons of dollars for to have private rights to. CBRS kind of breaks that and says, hey, CBRS spectrum, as we just said, you don't have to worry about what's happening behind the scenes. You just need a CBRS cable access point, plug it in, and that infrastructure like ours is supposed to take care of how that spectrum could be used. Now you can do that. It does not require me as Solona to pay FCC millions of dollars to get access to that spectrum. So enterprises don't have to do that either. So all of a sudden you, you take the LTE 5G wireless technology out of the service provider data center, the network, and make it accessible within the enterprise segment. Now LTE 5G wireless, if you read the, if you read your favorite 3GPP book, if you wanna fall asleep at night, um, um, then you will get intimidated. I mean, it's intimidating to me. I read 10 pages and I go, how is this, how is this whole thing really work? Uh, but, you know, over the course of the years, this technology have been hardened. A lot of people thought about a variety of different problems. Uh, this technology have been tested with millions of subscribers connecting to a single network with Verizon, AT&T and others. It's a global technology. You travel from here to Germany, to Tokyo, and then you turn on your phone and it's the same cellular wireless technology on your phone that connects to different networks. It just seems to work wherever you go around the world. And that takes a bit of writing and thinking and researching. And that's what you see in the 3GPP standard in the LT technology and going forward 5G technology as well. So yes, it's a very sophisticated technology. It's a very hardened technology. It's the in my opinion, it's the best wireless technology that I've worked with in terms of reliability and predictability. But it doesn't have to be complex to consume. It doesn't have, have to cost you, you know, a thousand pages of reading to consume it. Um, and I think LTE benefits can be summarized today as, especially with CBRS, I'm operating in a clean spectrum. I always have SIM authentication. So my traffic is always secure, is always encrypted. There's no concept of open SSIDs in cellular wireless. Everything is encrypted, everything is authorized per device, and everything uses centralized encryption. That's kind of dream come true for a variety of network security professionals out there. And you can also do one level beyond QoS. 
quality of service, right? Hey, I have to protect a certain type of devices, certain type of applications, but I only not want to protect them from outside, in, you know, traffic flows, but I actually want to guarantee specific bandwidth, like three megs for a video camera or a specific latency number, you know, 75 milliseconds for an automated mobile robot in the middle of a warehouse. You can do that with cellular wireless. It's been in the standard for many years. Again, the goal here is to respect the sophistication of the cellular wireless technology, but make it accessible to folks like me and other enterprise professionals. And the industry, whenever we go beyond, explain beyond that need, then we start, you know, insulting customers' intelligence a little bit. You know, customers don't necessarily care about how the engine works. Sometimes they just want to buy the car and drive it on the road, right? So um, we just have, it's a fine line. And I think we're walking that fine line as here at Salona. And uh, whenever engineers want to double click and want to learn more about the engine, want to figure out how the standard actually works, we have tons of training material. And that's actually something that we offer to our channel partners as they start working with us so that they get to look at the engine a little bit and see see what's going on behind the scenes. But end customers really don't have to be worried about some of that sophistication. Uh, it's it's our job to make it um, easy to consume and, uh, and predictable uh, levels of performance for their environment. Okay, great. And you actually left one area that I want to talk about for me at the very end, uh, which is uh, in the 5G industry, you can't enter a conversation, it feels like, without cloud native being thrown around in some way, shape, or form. So it's just so I tick that box around cloud native. Can you explain what they're talking about? I, I, I really need to know. <laughs> I know. This is another area where we as techies sometimes overthink things, okay? So cloud native essentially is a different way of saying um, highly orchestrated uh, way of deploying software, you know, automated way of deploying software in your environment. How did we use to deploy software in the past? We put them in a racks of servers. We put in an IT closet and said, hey, there's a server running some software, some application, and your clients, your desktop, laptops can access it. Over the years, we moved a lot of that stuff to the to external data centers because it was more cost-effective and et cetera. Then the YouTube came along and Salesforce came along and a bunch of other cloud apps came along, personal and private, you know, private use. And then the data centers started getting bigger and bigger, more servers, more storage, more compute, more memory, right? And apps today in the cloud, when you're watching Netflix for 100 days straight, nonstop, <laughs> if you can do that, much respect. Uh, while you do that, you won't actually notice Netflix going away. But Netflix servers will be upgraded. There will be more content produced. There will be more features built in the Netflix service. There will be more users onboarded, bunch of other people watching stuff. You will just never notice it. And that level of predictability, reliability, accessibility is kind of why we like cloud so much, right? It's easy to kind of publish applications there and you can easily access them. You can easily update them. Uh, and there's a very sophisticated piece of technologies used within these cloud data centers to make that reliability and accessibility possible. 
Now, how does this relate it to cellular wireless? That same level of orchestration across different application deployments can be extended to the campus networks today. Some of it is visible as edge compute solutions. So if you wanna run a computer vision application or a voice application on premise in your facility, in the warehouse, in the hospital, you can do that as an extension of the cloud or as servers that are connected to the cloud that kind of sort of act like a mini versions of the cloud. 5G wireless technology in the standard says, if you're supporting a 5G wireless network, your software that supports that 5G wireless network should be built cloud native, should act like cloud. And that's why we see it as a pretty big shift. Campus networks were never built to be updated regularly and new features, new clients, new scale, and you never notice it. There's always a network outage. There's always a planned network upgrade. There's always, uh, you know, in order to up, you know, in order to support that new application, we need new capacity, new configuration. Imagine your campus network with 5G operating in such a way that cloud data centers run. So that's kind of what the future holds. We're at the very start of that journey. But when people talk about cloud native next to 5G, this is kind of what they're trying to refer to. Hope that makes sense. It does, it does. And on this rant, we were able to get to CBRS, LTE, 5G, and cloud native, all within a bite-sized chunk. Uh, so hopefully those of you who tuned in enjoyed it. Uh, if you didn't, let us know, but I think you did. Uh, and we'd like to have you come back. If you have any questions, reach out to us. There's multiple ways we've talked about before. It'll be in the description of this video as well. Like, subscribe, share with your friends, and most importantly, come back again soon. Until then, stay happy, healthy, and stay in touch. Take care. Awesome. See you, everyone.